Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Happy Wednesday, everyone. It is June 15th, and um, I'm Kim Hauer again, joined with Kennedy. Uh, She has agreed to continue doing this with me, I guess, or I've locked the door and she cannot leave. Um, I guess you'll have to imagine for yourself which one is true. Um, Wednesdays, we ask our guests to share what it is that ties them here to VP. So knowing that you are a part of the VP family, um, maybe largely due to the fact that you're my child and that's where, uh, you know, your dad and I have decided that we're sticking around and hanging out with these people, um, or whether you just thoroughly enjoy it and you wouldn't go anywhere else anyway, you don't necessarily have to share that. Um, but besides being here since you were born, what is it that you've done here? at VP, because I know you've served. So I want you to tell our listeners how you um, are involved here. Yeah, so I started off fairly young. Um, I obviously went through KidZone and I decided that I really wanted to help out there. So I started by helping out in KidZone, out in the shed. Um, And I now currently still do that. And I also help out on the worship team. I'm on the tech crew. Um, and just staying involved in ministry. Um, I'm in a missional community with my family, and I also go to youth group, which we have a youth group mission trip coming up soon, so that'll be fun. Yeah, um, I think you started in Kid Zone, though, actually in the lower groups, because there's kind of rules, I guess, that went with how old or how much older you had to be than the kids that you were serving. Um, So I'm pretty certain that you started out in like the toddler room. Uh, You love little kids. Uh, I know you were always anxious to serve with me in the infant room, but you were never quite old enough. Um, I think you maybe did a few times, but that was in between like the toddler room and then going out to the shed. So um, you were a part of Kids Zone and you were also serving in Kids Zone. at the same time sometimes. So, um, yeah, I think for our family, that's just um, been a way that we connect with other people here at VP. Um, But I think that there's real value in serving um, and to have a servant heart and to help grow the ministry of VP to outsiders and to the people who are within our community. So, Um, I'm proud of you because I don't think I ever had to force you to do that. I think that was just a choice that you made, that you wanted to help out with the kids because you absolutely adore kids. So thank you for doing that. And I don't know that I've ever had to really force you to go to youth group. I know there's times where you don't really want to, um, but, you know, that's life circumstances sometimes. So understood. But I know for the most part, you enjoy being a part of whatever you can be a part of here. So I think that's cool and that God brought us to this place and um, get to hang out with some really cool people here at Victory Point um, who have just become more family than they are friends um, and that we do life with. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Today we're going to jump into 
Isaiah 65, verse 1 through 9. And I think now that we've reached Wednesday and Kennedy has a firm grip on how easy this is to do, she has agreed to read the scripture for us today. So you get to hear Kennedy's voice reading our Bible verses. Isaiah 65, verse 1 through 9. The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. All day long, I opened my arms to a rebellious people, but they follow their own evil paths and their own crooked schemes. All day long, they insult me to my face by worshiping idols in their sacred gardens. They burn incense on pagan altars. At night, they go out among the graves, worshiping the dead. They eat the flesh of pigs and make stews with other forbidden foods. Yet they say to each other, don't come too close to me or you will defile me. I am holier than you. Those people are a stench in my nostrils, an acrid smell that never goes away. Look, my decree is written out in front of me. I will not stand silent. I will repay them in full. Yes, I will repay them, both for their own sins and for those of their ancestors, said the Lord. For they also burn incense on the mountains and insulted me on the hills. I will pay them back in full. But I will not destroy them all, says the Lord. For just as good grapes are found among a cluster of bad ones, and someone will say, don't throw them all away, some of those grapes are good. So I will not destroy all Israel, for I still have true servants there. I will preserve a remnant of the people of Israel and of Judah to possess my land. Then I choose, those I choose will inherit it, and my servants will live there. Thank you. Um, I think we both read that one out of the New Living Translation, and I just like some of the wording in it. Um, what was something that stood out to you as you read this passage? I would say that the Lord was there. I mean, he had complete open arms, and the people still chose their evil past. They still chose to go the evil way, even though he was there to help them. They still chose the evil way instead of his way. Yeah, I think um, as I was reading this, you know, Isaiah is a prophet. So we know that most of what Isaiah wrote was prophecy. Um, as I read this, I was trying to figure out what is the prophecy or what time is this alluding to, I guess. Um, and it kind of struck me that um, kind of the way it was set up and then ended was as as though he's talking about like the future right like um maybe even after jesus you know like when he comes back you know the judgment time um, because it is titled judgment and final salvation so that's kind of the first hint i guess um but it seems like it, it alludes to the time where the jews rejected jesus as the messiah and yet the gentiles are the ones who received Jesus as the Messiah. Um, and so you see God saying to his people, like, I am here. I am here. Like, my arms are open to you. Um, you know, like, it, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I am here. I am here. Like God's shouting this out to his people. Like 
why do you not see me? Like, I've been your God for so long, and here you are turning away from me. Um, I think you use the word doing their evil way. And I think sometimes like that, that can be that we're like in blatant sin and doing evil things. But I think sometimes like in this circumstance, it almost seems like he's just saying, like, you didn't even ask me for help. You won't even acknowledge that I'm present and that I'm here to help you. Um, You don't even want to look for me. You don't have any desire to be in relationship with me. Um, And I'm crying out to you and I want to help you but you've just gone your own way. Um, So I think that's a foreshadowing of like, right, that's what happened. The Jews decided that they knew better. They were going to go their own way. They weren't going to acknowledge that Jesus was the Savior. Um, All the while, God is standing with open arms ready to receive them. But we have a choice as humans, just like the Jews did, just like the Gentiles did. We have a choice to either acknowledge God's presence and who he is, or reject his presence and just go whatever way we want to. Um, And there's a lot of good people, right? They're not necessarily evil people um, and making horrible, awful decisions in life, but there's a lot of good people, I think, that just simply don't acknowledge God is who he is. Um, So for me, like, whew, it seems a little harsh, you know? I mean, he's saying he will repay them for their sins and for their ancestors' sins even. So it's not even just our individual sins, but even corporally um, that he'll repay. You know, his judgment is final and his judgment is just. Um, So that was the first thing, like, whew, better pay attention because this seems pretty harsh. You know, which group am I in? Am I in the group that's just ignoring that God's even around? Um, or I'm in, or am I in the other group? Anything else that you caught from it? Um, as I mean, as we were just saying, there's still, it says there's still a lot of good grapes among all of the bad ones. And he, the Lord recognizes that while there are a lot of, bad people, there's still a bunch of good ones that still um, choose to believe in him. And he said that he's not just going to destroy all of them because most of them are bad or because a good portion of them are bad, but he'll keep them all and just repay them all for their sins. He's not going to destroy them all because they're sinners. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think he Some will be destroyed, right? But not all will be. There is definitely that group where, you know, that was partly where I got to in verse 8 and verse 9. I was like, whew, like that first part was harsh. Um, If I'm found to be in that group, it seems pretty harsh, you know? Um, But then in 8 and 9, you know, he promises that he will not destroy them all. It's kind of like when he sent the flood. You know, he destroyed absolutely everything except for a few. He saved a small remnant of people, Noah's family, basically. Um, And here again, he's saying basically he will do the same thing. He is a just and righteous judge. So he sees our hearts. He knows 
um, whether or not we're true, true servant of his, are we living for God um, and trying to serve him and his people? Or are we just doing our own thing? God is the one who knows all, sees all. So he's the one that will make that determination. Um, but it's good to know that um, if our hearts are right and set on God, he will not destroy us. You know, he has every intention of saving his true servants. So you're right. So that's like a hope and a promise. Like we want to be in that group of salvation. Um, I think that's about all I had in my study. What about you? Anything else that basically covered it. Yeah. I think this passage as a prophecy can be um, both scary um, and hopeful. It has, I think, both elements in it. Um, I think that it's wise for us to pause during that first section and consider the reality of judgment, you know, that God is going to judge. We cannot be ignorant of that. We cannot just, ah, well, I'm sure I was good enough kind of thing. Like that, that should never be our response. Um, we should have a healthy fear of God's judgment because it's pretty clear that he will be harsh to those who have turned their backs on him, who have chosen their own way over his way. Um, so I think we should have a healthy fear of that judgment. Um, but also the hope um, that God gives us that, you know what, he judges our hearts. Nobody else can judge according to the heart. Only God can. Um, and he knows everything. So he knows everything we've done from beginning to end. And he will be able to quickly and easily, because he's God, like go through that whole list. And it says he wrote it down at the beginning. He's got it written down. Um, but he'll be able to go through that and say, you know what? Overall, I know your heart. I know your actions don't always match up to your heart uh, because we're human, but I know your heart. So are our hearts in alignment with God's heart? Are we looking to be servants um, to God? and spreading the gospel message so that others don't have to be repaid for all the bad that they've done. Because um, we all deserve that horrible repayment. But if our hearts are in alignment with God, he will judge our hearts. So there's this healthy fear, um, but that should be coupled with the hope and promise of salvation for those who rely upon and depend upon Jesus as their salvation. Not what they do, but what their heart is. Um, so as I wrap up, uh, I would just want to go back to the beginning of the scripture where God says to us and to the readers, obviously, I was ready to respond. I was ready to be found. I said, 
here I am, here I am. All day long, I opened my arms. Those are the things that God says in this passage. How do I respond to those things? And how do you respond to those things? Are you looking for God so he can be found? Are you seeking him? Are you asking for help? Are you acknowledging him? And are you running into his arms? We have a choice. That is all on us. He's given given us free will so that we can all do that. We can choose which way we want to go. Um, I pray that today you will respond with, Lord, help me. Lord, show me what you're doing. Um, Lord, love me. Wrap your arms around me. Uh, be gracious to me and all of those things. I pray that today you will feel his warmth and love um, and that you will just have a great Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. So uh, two more days and um, it'll be the weekend. So as we count down, um, have a great Wednesday and we will be back tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.